It's the Bill Murphy Show. A daily one-on-one 30-minute interview featuring people from all walks of life. Available daily at BillMurphyShow.com. And now, here's your host, Bill Murphy. And welcome to another Music Friday for Friday, April 15th. 2011 tax day. Sorry to remind you. (laughs) I had to take care of all that stuff this week too, so fair is fair. Brought to you as usual by Lulu's Bait Shack. Gigantic fishbowl drinks, live original music, and fresh Florida seafood all at Lulu's Bait Shack in Beach Place on A1A in the heart of Fort Lauderdale Beach. Go Go on down there and enjoy some great live music there this weekend. Getting really heavy on the show this week as I welcome in from the band Destrophy. Ari is on the phone with me from Des Moines. Actually, are you in Des Moines at the moment? I, I live in Iowa City, but uh, I mean, I'm still in Iowa. You're an Iowan <laughs> Thru- yep. through and through. I sure am. Band Destrophy, for those of you who are not familiar, uh, very, very cool, melodic, heavy uh, rock band. Oh, oh it's, it's um, me- alternative metal. Is that the official genre you guys are listed under? Uh, maybe. I'm not real sure. <laughs> it's hard to be sure these days on what the genre is and all the subgenres. you know? It's, it gets really confusing. No doubt, yeah. I mean, even with the metal term, uh, you know, I grew up and Metallica was metal, and now, you know, Demi Bourgier is metal, and I, I don't really know when that happened. But, right. You know, I guess I like rock, maybe. And it's all, yeah. <laughs> and rock is good enough, and that you're yeah. def- <laughs> it definitely falls under the rock category. You guys have been on tours with Korn, STP, Buck Cherry, Papa Roach, Typo Negative, and a, a whole lot more. Let's talk about that Typo Negative experience that you had. I want to get into, just so you know, I want to get into the details of what you do in the studio, because not only uh, are you the singer-songwriter of the band, but you're also, for the most part, the main producer, and I want to talk about that as well, and I want to talk about your music background, but you had an interesting um, moment in your career in late '09 when you got to go out on the road with Typo Negative. Please, tell us about that. Yeah, well, it, it ended up being uh, Typo's last tour, uh, because... Uh, Peter Steele, the uh, the front man, uh, passed away the following, uh, I guess it was April uh, last year, actually, right around this time. And, uh, yeah, I, the whole band, uh, Typo Negative, was, was heroes of ours, and uh, certainly of mine growing up, you know, seeing him. He, he, Pete, Pete was a really, really strong, well-built dude, you know, giant guy, 6'8", or something like that. And, yeah. Uh, you know, the pictures that came out in the press at the time, I mean, back, you know, when all you had was magazines, uh, I mean, I just remember seeing this guy and I'm like, oh, that's, that's what I want to do. You know, I want to have that kind of impression. Your role model. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I even had the, you know, the shirts with the, with the, you know, sleeves rolled up and everything, doing, doing the same thing like Pete. And so (laughs) to actually meet him, uh, and, and, and I detail a a story in kind of a, I don't know, a memoir to him. Uh, or about him after he passed away, he's just such a gentle guy. Um, you know, he, he shook my hand, and I swear it was like you know so so soft. And very, he he spoke very soft, and he was very inviting. And he just kept making sure that I was like taken care of. Are you okay? You know, or you got everything? You you want something to eat? You wow! Want, you know, it just uh, if you guys get sick, come come hang out on the bus. You know, and uh, he he was just so inviting. So. It's one of those things where finally you, you get to meet a hero, and they're you know even better than what you thought. Kind of refreshing when that happens. I have had that happen to me a few times after meeting people that were basically enigmas for a long time, and then 
Then you come across them, and you, and it turns out it very satisfying, I guess, in that case. Although you did get to see up close sort of the last days uh, unfolding for him, did you not? Well, right. I, I mean, he... Uh, certainly not health-wise. I would say he was doing all right. Really? Okay. Uh, I mean, he, it's not like he was, you know, he wasn't the ripped-up, you know, bodybuilder guy of the of the early 90s. Uh, he, he was having a little trouble, I don't know, just, just hips and stuff. I, I think a lot of a lot of really tall people, uh, you know, just seem to have the, you know, a little bit of the, the issues true. with that and knees and things. But, uh he was he was real interesting getting back in shape. My my big my favorite story is, is showing him the uh, the kettlebell the Russian kettlebell thing that I use on the road to train and he was real interested in that and you know I was showing him how to how to use it and press it and swing it around and he was really into that. He loved like old strong men. So sort of a, of a real full circle validating kind of moment in your career, you right? You bet. Yeah, just in my life, you know. Yeah. It was, it was quite a thing. Now let's talk about that. Let's go way, way back because when we listen to your music and we will listen to a couple of the songs, we're going to find out that you guys are really, really lean on the melodic side of the metal genre. Something I love to see. I think melody, and I'd love to talk to you about this as a singer, songwriter, I think melody is one of the first things to go in metal once it gets past the really, really heavy stage. Do you agree with that? Absolutely, I agree with you. It becomes, well, and as a producer, I'm very aware of the production element to certain genres. And metal, certainly as of late, and, and maybe, I don't know, when it started to really kick over, but it became a production-oriented genre. I mean, Very much, specific. very much. Yeah, and it's very frustrating as a person who fell in love with the songs as much as the sound of the, you know, the guitars and the drums, it's a, it's a very unique uh, genre. But uh, to see that melody go and to see that, you know, all clean vocals or e- even just what I, I don't know, yelled vocals or whatever that I do uh, get replaced by just death metal. Right. And I appreciate death metal. I enjoy it. It's fun to listen to. We tend to somehow t- always tour with some death metal uh-huh. uh, somehow, but... Uh, at the same time, I'm I'm not. I can't make that that noise, or I, it's not a satisfying noise for me to make at the volume that a lot of those singers are doing. You know, it's almost a whisper shout. Right. Um, kind of from, kind of a revealing thing that you said there, and you sort of uh, ran over it real quick. But I'll point it out again. You 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 mentioned that it was a production oriented genre more than a melody oriented one, and basically the idea was to pound your chest as hard as it could rather than get you to sing along. And I think that's what you're pointing out. Definitely, definitely. I mean, there's there's aspects of punk that I think metal, uh, you know, owes its its birth to, where it's just kind of this this energy, and however you make that energy, uh, it was like whatever, you know. But a lot of punk had you know these chants and shouts and yep, and still still underlying it all these really interesting melodies. It, sometimes it was just the guitars, mm-hmm. uh, but as metal got more complicated. And, you know, the technical prowess of the people playing, the kids playing metal now, is ridiculous. I know. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> and it's become to this point, and, and even as a producer, I mean, they, they expect a level of perfection. And they can duplicate it live, but, you know, you're in the studio and you're lining things up to this grid. And, and yeah. it, it's sometimes you have to remind yourself that, you know, there's one thing about creating video game music, as I like to call it. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, very good, very good. Yeah, but but it's there's another thing to record like a band that you actually enjoy the sound of how they play together and 
the human nuances. And, you know, I'm sure there's people picking on me for, you know, making more, I don't know, cookie-cutter rock or, or, or metal. But I, I guess just in terms of my personal preference, I do like the sound of a band playing together, uh, even if it's the illusion of that sound. Right. You know, uh, that's that's to me what what recording was all about. It's an illusion. I mean, first of all, you don't have a band in your living room. I mean, there's a speaker there, and you're kind of trying to theoretically simulate a band in your living room or in your earphones or whatever. And, you know, just trying to capture that experience is is really important for me. And I I think that metal has definitely, I I don't want to say it's gotten lost, but it's certainly shifted its focus much more heavily on this production aspect. And I don't know. Usually things go in cycles. I'm, I'm sure things will come back. I mean, you got the Foo Fighters record, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Your exceptions fall in there, here and there. All right. Well, this is a perfect time to listen to some of this. For those of you listening that aren't familiar with Destrophy, we can uh, kind of hear the music going behind this conversation. And then on the tail end of this song, I want to get into detail on this one in particular on the recording and uh, how it pertains to what we just talked about. So here's Closer. This is from uh, the most recent record. When was this? This one was released in 09, right? Uh, Closer is from the one that's coming up. It'll be dropping ah. on April 26th. Ah, I got him confused. All right, so it's hot, fresh new stuff. Closer, Destrophy on Music Friday.
That's Destrophy and Closer on Music Friday with Ari on the phone with us talking about the production and the uh, formation of Destrophy and much more on Music Friday. Uh, thanks again for joining me, Ari. This is a lot of fun, and I really, really like that track there. Thank you very much, Bill. I appreciate it. And if that wasn't a single, then I don't know what is. I, I, I would say that was produced and written to be a single, was it not? It sure. It, it actually was not. Wow. And it's funny. Your 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 boy Brett. Uh, yeah, I was gonna. I was saving Brett the uh, props at the end of the show. Brett Greenberg from Victory Records, who was kind enough to hook up this interview with us, but a longtime friend of mine. So, so he said, "What about it?" Well, he, you know, when we first got to Victory in two thousand nine, uh, he was one of the first people we met, and for me, just I just really clicked with him. I, I'm sure he he's, he's probably has that gift with everybody, but uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, for me, I had, <laughs> yeah, I just had that sense of, oh man, this guy's really into the the kind of soul and the essence behind the songs, and he has such a good grasp on what does well. You know, when we walked in there, it was going to be a different single, like in 2009, and then he went back for a little while, and he came out of the room. He's like, nope, it's going to be this one. And it ended up being the, the Way of Your World, which did really, really well for us. Right. So um, the same thing happened with this. I mean, there were f actually there were four, four or five songs that, uh, thankfully, the, the label and, and people at the label were kind of, arguing with each other and with us about which one was going to be the single. Um, Closer was one. When I, when I wrote it, I was like, I, I really like this song, and my band was kind of like, it's, it's cool. You know, you know, uh, <laughs> it's it. This is a perfect time to talk about this. The fact that you, um, you know, and you want to want to listen to that record, and I feel how I feel how complete it is, and how top to bottom, it's you've thought about everything in the production. That 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 takes a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge as a producer and someone behind the board. Now, I got to wonder how you had time to pick up on all those chops while you were putting the band together, writing the songs, going out and playing shows. I mean, you basically did this during the decade where the technology is increasing exponentially month to month. And, you know, how did you keep up? Well, I've just always been, I guess philosophically, I've always been kind of into the, uh, was it the Bruce Lee philosophy? You know, you kind of remove what doesn't work and you kind of, you're left with stuff that really does work. It's kind of like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. True, true. Better way to put it. Yeah. Right, cool. Uh, and uh, so... Over the years, I guess I've just kind of developed a certain uh, streamlined way to, to come up with material and, and to, you know, sort out songs. And I've been doing it on my own for a very long time. Wow, how extremely I, organized and disciplined of you, Ari. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Well, discipline is very important to me. Uh, I think it's, a, it's, it's definitely one of my probably primary traits. But the... Uh, so well, when I put the band together, I was looking basically for for some hired guns to play this this material that I'd come up with in this this certain style and way that I wanted to play it. Uh -huh. Play play a, a show that has like you know we play with a, essentially like a computer behind us making this click track noise, which a lot of people go, whoa, doesn't that make it you know not human? And uh, I, I I don't know. I mean, for myself, it, it's it's the most consistent show. We routinely hear from our fans, you know, how tight it is and yeah. and how every night, you know, sounds great. There's no bad shows. Um, that's so you're saying there is a way, as long as you're accomplished enough, to get some feel in into a show that is backed by a exactly. click track. And in fact, I think you can't help it. I mean, no one is a computer. You can't, right. hear, can't hear a noise and just lock into it instantly. It's our tendencies as musicians to... The best, I, to me, the best musicians are the ones that are always listening, and those are the ones you actually want to play with. 
because you know if you got somebody who, do, who doesn't pay attention to anything but themselves, they're going to be ahead of the bee. They're going to be off. They're going to you know be all over the place. You're so right, and it's also those are the people you have problems with getting the right sound on stage because if someone also says, <laughs> "I can't hear myself," well, I you know what? You're not really listening to yourself then. You're right. I can't hear me. So right. Uh, yeah, we, we we actually yeah. I mean, I've got a whole monitoring system and things to try and I basically try. I'm, with all this technology, I've tried to take technology out of the equation for the for the for my musicians, right? So that we can just focus on performing and having a moment, and you know, and and, and being a being a fun and an entertaining show. Mm-hmm. Say. So. Uh, well, to shift from the show to, to the studio for a second, if, yeah. if we take closer as an example, the song we just played, did you get an opportunity to get any of that recorded live together? In other words, not just layering one uh, track no, at a time. No, it, it was all it was all layering stuff, and it has to do with just the state of having uh, a band that's in different places in the state. Ah. my my bass player is north of me, you know, thirty miles. My my drummer, uh, my drummer, and my other guitarist are about a hundred miles away from me. Okay, uh, you know we get together to practice, but you know we've all got our own our day jobs because uh, music industry don't pay. No, 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 I know. Yeah, yeah, and it's gotten worse, <laughs> and you know the dream is dead and all of that. But uh, the, just just to do it for art's sake, I think is is the best way to look at it. And you know you do it as long as you can get away with it. And uh, you know we're trying, we're still trying to get away with it here. But but in terms of Making it a more cohesive experience, we're able to kind of use the internet. So I'll, I set my drummer up with a basically a, a studio uh, rig at his place. Okay, so he could record at all times of the day and send me stuff, and I'd be like, okay, well this take is cool. And it wasn't so much about doing the comping or you know where you you record somebody and you multi-track it. Uh, forever, and you know, you kind of get a, you get you get a hybrid version. It was more like I like most of take one, and I combine it with take three, and that's the way it went. You know, cool, cool, yeah. As much of one single take as you can, because then you get your performance intact. Exactly, exactly. Right. That was the goal. Now, at the risk of talking shop too much and alienating most of our audience, right. um, I just can't help but ask you what platform you use. And Brett told me when, when I talked to you to give you a hard time about Pro Tools. I, mean, I guess that means you're not a Pro Tools guy. Uh, no, I, I use Logic just because when uh, Apple adopted, uh, they kind of bought Logic yeah. many years ago. I figured, well, you know, if the big boys are... You know, buying this thing out, I'm going to stick with them. At the at that time, uh, Pro Tools was much less affordable. Now, you know, I have both in my studio, of course. but my my instincts are still logic based. You know, I it's yeah, but that's funny that Brett made you. Know. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, you know, it's just too much of an industry standard. You know, um, yes, it is. And and that's why I was asking you about keeping up with the technology. But you did a fine job producing that. Now you mentioned um, briefly the other song. That we were uh, we were going to play before we did. It's called "The Way of Your World," and I was, as as is the case these days. I, I went to your to your uh, page on iTunes, your entry on iTunes to see what's going on. Found this on a couple of different records. This seems to happen a lot um, these right. days. People independently re- release something, and then it ends up coming out on their commercial release, and you find the song on two different uh, records. That was the case with this one. Exactly. Yeah, we had uh, released "The Way of Your World" the CD in uh, late 2007 and ended up getting signed uh, mid-2009. And that was like, that was the track that we got radio play on 
before it was possible to get radio play. Gotcha. One of those things. And, you know, for, for your... For your debut national release, you want to come out with the best you've got. That's right. And, you know, I ended up using seven old songs and four new songs. We got a little, little bit of crap for that, but, you know, that's okay. We <laughs> All right, so. it. Uh, you know, but it's, it's very difficult. And even with that song, it was so relatively successful for us. I had that anxiety that I never understood before. Like, wow, how do I write another one? Right. Oh, yeah, there you go. Man, uh, yeah, and I guess I kind of found out you can't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so again, another case of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know? Right, right. So, all right, so this is the, the way of your world, and we'll get the story behind this record, and then I want to hear some interesting stories about how you guys toured. It was very smart, but also um, very worth talking about. We'll get into Walmart. that for the final segment of the show. But the, for the time being, this is the way of your world. It's Destrophy with Ari on Music Friday. It's a been done before and no one can listen to anyone's answers drifting farther every day and they say
Way of Your World from Destrophy on Music Friday. We're talking to Ari. Aristotle, let me take a stab at pronouncing your last name. <laughs> Myelopolis? Mihalopolis. Mihalopolis. Yeah. Oh, I got two syllables wrong on that one. Hey, no right. problem. No problem. <laughs> but maybe better than most still. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> so very, again, I, I can't help but, but, but bring up how melodic that sounds. And um, it, 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 the way of your world, just very, I, I can see where, where, where you didn't want that to get uh, left out of the new release. So now I well, understand yeah. why it's on two records. And interestingly, actually, the version you played is from the previous release. Aha. And then what we did, well, you know, because Brett said, hey, this is going to be the song. He's like, let's tighten it up, his favorite thing to say. You know, let's tighten this up, tighten this thing up, make it, you know, because we're playing it for people that so, are basically so have what no went, time for you. So what, what ended up on the cutting room floor? Well, there's a middle section there that, like, you know, two repeats. Right. Uh, the whole track, I actually ended up speeding up by about two or three beats per minute. Wow. And then ended up re-recording the vocals. Um, and the, tr <laughs> the trauma of that was we had run out of time. We were, at that point, going out on tour with OTEP. And so I had to take a recording rig, a couple speakers, you know, studio speakers and things, bring it on the road. So every night we get done with our show, you know, clean everything up, sell the merch, whatever, go back to a hotel room. The guys would sleep. I would stay up all night recording. Ooh. And then we'd wake up, you know, I'd be, I'd be toast, I'd sleep, we'd drive to the next place and start all over again. And do another <laughs> show where you had to sing and you wore out your voice recording the night before. <laughs> Well, thankfully, you know, another another wonderful thing about this type of music, in my opinion, is the voice never goes. Right. It's it's actually talking after the show that uh, tends to You know to what? Me. I, 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 I completely relate to that. I've been <laughs> on stages and singing for 30 years, and nothing bothers me more than the tr the conversations that you try to have over the DJs on breaks. is It's is ridiculous, worst. you know? It's the worst. It, it's absolutely shreds your voice in a way that you can't even... <laughs> you're, so, <know. laughs> you're so right about that. It, it, you're really... Um, you, you're reminding... Me, me of a lot of things that I can relate to here. Oh, cool. And you, 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 now, this also relates to this. my next question, which I already had ready to go, and that is being the producer that you are, I take it you're doing a lot of the mixes too, and the final mixes too, right? Yeah, I do everything all the okay. way, you know, mastering. It's, How do you uh, overcome the um, se uh, second-guessing yourself when it comes to mixing your vocal parts? Because I know that is something that I have to deal with once in a while, and I just kind of feel better having another set of ears around because you're not. I'm not really entirely sure what's too loud and what's too low when it's my voice, you know? Right, right. It, it's Eventually you develop a certain instinct for it, and I'm very thankful that, you know, I, I always play everything for my manager. I play for Brad. I play it for, you know, anyone, anyone who will give me the you know the time to listen to it and I evaluate every opinion and a lot of it it's always hard I mean I was telling somebody I've basically been getting essentially professionally torn down Chris criticism uh, for I don't know 20 25 years now and you start to learn how to use all of it as uh, different vantage points different viewpoints and when you put everything together, then you see the whole again. Right. Because uh, as the artist, you can never see it the first time. Mm -hmm. Ever. You can never never hear it that way. And in a certain sense, uh, other people really can't r t completely relay the experience of hearing it for the first time. But I find that when you get a panel of, you know, 20 people and you hear what they all say, it's that, you know, it's the blind man and the elephant, right? Yeah, and right, Exactly. Yeah, you get that picture, and that's that's how I typically do it. You know, everybody, one person hates this, the other one thinks it's the best thing in the world. Well, you know, what's useful information there? You kind of got to figure it out for yourself, and ultimately, you you 
you're the judge. You know, you have to go with what's in your gut. Now, I know you're you're in good hands with Victory Records, but have you have come, stumbled across any situations where you don't really earn enough respect being self-produced, where someone tries to convince you that it needs to be mixed and produced by somebody else, that you need to have so-and-so's trademark on it, oh, and you know, sure. running into that? How much of that have you run into? Well, you know, I, I mean, everybody's selling something. The worst. <laughs> well, there you go. That's true. Yeah, it's if if, but at the end of the day, I I feel like I've developed a good skill set for, for, ultimately I'm always just working on the songs. I, I always talk to people about production in terms of distraction. The best produced things have the least amount of distraction. Yeah. So if if songwriting is your your key, you know, if that's the point you want to get across, I have a message, I have a thing I want to say, I have a melody I want to carry across. Anything that I put in there that gets in the way, whether that be something's mixed too loud, so now the person's thinking about, hey, that's too loud, uh, or, you know, a, a, a bad part or an overly long chorus, those are all distractions. So my job as producer for anyone else or for myself is to eliminate distractions and let the song speak. Very nice. And, uh, that's that's the best way I could describe it. Well, that's excellent. A while back, I had Rat Skates from Overkill on, who was the guy who just did everything from top to bottom with his band, including like designing the sets and everything, on. right down top to bottom. You're you're a smaller, uh, not such an excessive scale of that. You're doing this all yourself and taking it upon your hands. You know what the product's supposed to sound like. You know what's what should be highlighted and showcased and what shouldn't be. And uh, it sounds like you really got a a plan together here. Uh, Thank you. All Thank right. You. Now, I guess on that note, and you, you, it seems like you've you've been sort of um, very meticulous and smart about how you go about this process. You realize you said it before: the music business doesn't pay. You go on the road to play as an opener for a band that's one of your heroes. You want to do it at all cost, but you guys even—it's no joke. You guys did some sleeping in the van instead of in the hotel rooms too. Always, <laughs> that's the rule. I mean, the hotel room is only for the recording and. Uh, yeah, every time we, we sleep in a van and, uh, you know, we... So you can give up. us an idea then, because um, sometimes this kind of information is not revealed. You can bring us into the world of how much a band like you guys gets paid when you're going out, for example, to play as part of a show that Corn is headlining. Oh, well, geez, if it's Corn, I mean, a lot of a lot of things you pay to get on. Wow. I mean, uh, <laughs> and it's, it's the... the it it's it's almost not as sinister or horrible as that sounds. The idea, if you go out, you know, I, I know a, ba- a band that went out on tour. I don't know if it was like Warp Tour. You pay X amount to get on that thing. Wow. Well, they were making like a thousand dollars a day in merchandise. Ah. So you know, it's or if you're a, if you're a vendor, if you're a hamburger, you know, hot dog vendor, you you typically pay a fee to be, uh, you know, at the at the state fair, and you obviously make your money off your thing, and you know, you pay your fee and. It works out. You okay. just have to make it work out. Right. And with music or, you know, having kind of a, I don't know, a tribe that you're trying to create, the impression uh, the impression that you create kind of, it has a, a shepherding effect. Yeah. So that is also, you have to work that in too. But we're th- thankfully, we haven't had to buy on really, uh, to my knowledge. And so we've, we've just been able to, you know, get really terrible pay. Um, right, but the thousands and thousands of dollars that your fans think you're making really amounts to maybe a hundred or two per, per gig, right? Uh, per gig, you got it. Right. Exactly, yeah. A hundred is, uh, <laughs> yeah, a hundred, you know, 250, you're feeling pretty on top of the world. And, you know, if you can, if you can, 
if you can get those off dates where it's just you, then you can make a couple bucks. You right. know, and, and, and any fan can kind of do the math. You know, times times multiply the the number of tickets times the people in the room, and you'll get a decent idea of what's happening. Wow. And uh, yeah, I mean, when you think about the big shows, think about your three days gracers or you know. Uh, stuff like that it starts to boggle the mind well that's the, all, yeah the that's disparity all. between a club band and a you know an arena band i know well there's a whole different show that we could do on that right there that's a, right, just right. a topic worth discussing for yeah, the hours bus tour versus the van tour right now, out. now as far as sleeping in the van goes i'm sure there were some experiences there that are worthy of a book care to give us a short version of one let me think uh, we got a, <laughs> we got somewhat attacked one night uh, some somebody i think we we pulled over in a like a hotel parking lot you know it's one of those things where you never want to drive sleepy right and uh so we pulled over for a little bit and then yeah i don't know if the hotel manager or what he came with one of those giant you know police flashlights and cracked our back window uh which is right where my drummer joe was sleeping wow freaked him out and so joe you know he's the easily the most uh i don't know aggressive member maybe of the band or at least uh you know knee-jerk temper that type of thing he he jumps up and gets out and Uh-oh. chases the guy down and then uh yeah the guy pulled a gun on joe and uh mm. so you know he walked away and we decided that we'll we'll just stick to our uh local friendly neighborhood walmarts from now on the things you go through for rock and roll ari man i really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and um you know uh kind of promote this independence that you've seemed to have built this band on it's 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 fantastic and now i hope with victory behind you and uh another uh tour planning for later this summer that uh, yes, things take off for you where, where, where are you uh headed as far as the road goes OTEP, it should be an OTEP tour with us on it, and believe it or not, it, with us as OTEP, we are also her backing band. Oh, how cool is that? Yeah, yeah, it, it should be pretty exciting, and uh, you know, I've got I've got a really good bond with OTEP. I think we've got a lot of, uh, I don't know, kind of outsiders, um, independent outsiders viewpoints, and uh, so that'll start late May and uh, should be through June. It'll be nationwide, and we, they're still figuring out the dates. Well, we'll make sure we keep an eye on that. And uh, listeners of this show, we got the links for you to like them on their Facebook page and also check out their main page. That way you can keep it bookmarked and uh, follow about record releases and tour dates and so much and so forth. Oh, thank you. That helps. All right. Thanks very much, buddy. I really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for being part of this show. And uh, we'll catch up with you um, when you get ready to release the next record. All right. Anytime. You got my number. Sounds good. All right. That's Ari from uh, Destrophy. Check them out. Check out the links that are attached to the show. And uh, tune in again next Friday for another edition of Music Friday. Hopefully more new shows coming up for you on Monday as well. Have a great weekend, everybody. Log on each weekday for another edition of The Bill Murphy Show at BillMurphyShow.com. If you'd like to be a guest, send an email to Murph at BillMurphyShow.com. That's M-U-R-P-H at BillMurphyShow.com. A Murphonics Media Production.